0: We've talked a little bit about suffering and the will of God, so let's start this morning with a review. Remember, we imagined an artist who's gonna carve a chunk of marble into a beautiful statue, but the odd thing about this marble was it had feelings and a voice. So we imagined that every time that artist hit that chunk of marble with his chisel, he'd cry and whine. And we realized But just as this imaginary chunk of marble could never be sincere about wanting to be carved into a beautiful statue if it kept crying and whining every time the artist hit it with his chisel, so also we'll never be serious about becoming saints unless we strive to grow up, spit out our thumbs, quit whining, and get serious about not complaining and whining about the suffering and annoyances that come into our lives. As the late great father Dean put it, we're not sincere about becoming holy unless we refuse to make peace with a habit of complaining and murmuring against God's will. Unless we're willing to develop a habit of recognizing his working through us by creatures. Unless we work to trustfully submit without rebellion and without resentment to the action of God upon us. This submission to the action of God upon us is not to the unpleasant thing. This submission is not to the evil that we bear, but our submission is to the action of God which is taking place. We submit to the will of God which is bringing about the suffering or the pain that we call evil. To use our comparison of that chunk of marble again, in order to become a beautiful sculpture, our imaginary chunk of marble is not directly submitting to the blows from the chisel, even though those blows are actually striking it. It's not directly submitting those blows from the chisel, but rather to the will of the artist who must use this painful means, these blows, in order to bring forth this beautiful statue, okay? And as we saw in Romans 8:28, St. Paul says, quote, To those that love God, all things work together the good close quote, the inerrant word of God. So much for our review. Every one of us should burn that line from sacred scripture to his mind. For those that love God, all things work together unto good. This morning, once again, let's follow the late, great Father Dion, who pointed out something very important about happiness. Our unhappiness in this life is rooted in our failure to fully realize that if we love God, all things work together on the good. Why is our unhappiness, but in the failure to re- realize that, Father, easy? When are we happy? When we get what we want, right? But let's stand back from it. In this life, nobody that lives at the level of feelings or reason gets what he wants. Not the rich. Not the famous, not the powerful. Nobody gets whatever he wants. Nobody that lives at the level of feelings of reason. Not one person. Given the world we live in, we can never get all that we want in this life. We all have to suffer. We all have to die. Only those who truly live at the level of faith get what they want. And why is that? Because those who live at the level of faith, which is above the level of feelings, which is above the level of reason, those who live at the level of faith realize the only way to be happy in this life is to want what we get, and that way we'll get what we want. If we want what we get, then we'll want what God wants to give to us. If we want what we get, we want what God wants us to have. And what God wants us to have is the best thing for us. That's above the level of feelings because a lot of what God wants to give us doesn't feel good. That's above the level of reason because a lot of it doesn't seem completely reasonable. Especially when we look at suffering. And Catholics are the only people that can look suffering right in the eye and see it for what it is. But we have to be living at the level of faith. We have to keep in mind that when we suffer, God's not trying to torment us. And just because he doesn't take it away, doesn't mean that he's ignoring us. So what is God doing when we suffer? We'll never forget that thanks to Adam, we're already damaged goods right from the very get-go, okay? Then, if we take original sin and add on top of it the damage we've done to ourselves from actual sin... We're pretty messed up. Spiritually speaking, each one of us is kind of like a car that's been in such a terrible wreck that it's totaled. It's all smashed up and wrecked. When you take a smashed car in to be repaired, the frame has to be straightened up, there's all this bodywork, dings have to be banged up, there's grinding and welding and and painting and whatnot, uh, so forth. Spiritually speaking, we've been totaled by original and actual sin. That's how we start off, totaled. And so what's God, what is God doing with suffering? Spiritually speaking, he's trying to fix the wrecked situation each one of us finds himself in. He's trying to make us holy. He's trying to conform us to His Son, to his crucified Son. Okay, Father, but why do you keep using the phrase "God's trying?" Because it's the scary part. He's given us each a free will. And just like the devil and everyone else down there in hell, we can actually refuse to conform ourselves to his will. And what does that mean? That means if we persist in this refusal to conform ourselves to God's action in our life, if we refuse to conform ourselves to his will, it means that all that suffering goes to waste. In this life and the next. Doesn't mean we'll get out from under it. Nobody gets out from suffering. Nobody gets out of this alive. We're all going to suffer. We're all going to, nobody gets out of it. A lot of people lie to themselves, but nobody gets out of it. So we can refuse to conform ourselves to God's will, but it's easy with the eyes of faith to see how crazy that is if we keep in mind that since God is infinitely wise, He knows what's best for us. And since he's infinitely loving, he wants what's best for us. And since he's infinitely loving, he can and will do what's best for us if we just let him. We need to burn those realities into our mind. Since God's infinitely wise, he knows what's best for us. Since he's infinitely loving, He wants what's best for us. Since he's infinitely powerful, he can and will do what's best for us. If we love God, all things work together for our good. St. Alphonsus comments on this line from Scripture, God wills only our good. God loves us more than anybody else can or does love us. His will is that no one Should lose his soul, that everyone should save and sanctify his soul. Even chastisements come to us not to crush us, but to make us mend our ways and save our souls. Those who love God are always happy, because their whole happiness is to fulfill, even in adversity, the will of God. Afflictions do not mar their serenity, because by accepting misfortune, they know they give pleasure. To their beloved Lord, if souls resign to God's will are humiliated, they want to be humiliated. If they are poor, they want to be poor. In short, whatever happens is acceptable to them. Hence, they are truly at peace in this life. This is the beautiful freedom of the sons of God, and is worth vastly more than all the kingdoms of the world. This is the abiding peace which in the spirits of the saints surpasses all understanding. Close quote, St. Alphonsus, bishop and doctor of the church. But he's not alone. St. Vincent de Paul says exactly the same thing. Quote, We ought to submit to the will of God and be content in whatever state it may please him to place us. Nor should we ever desire to change it for another until we know that such is his pleasure. This is the most excellent and most useful practice that can be adopted upon earth. One act of resignation to the divine will, when it ordains what is repugnant to us, is worth more than a hundred thousand successes according to our own will and pleasure. Close quote St. Vincent de Paul. That's worth hearing again. One act of resignation to the divine will, when it ordains what is repugnant to us, is worth more than a hundred thousand successes according to our own will and pleasure. We could keep multiplying quotes. The writings of these saints are full of these. I could literally stand up here for an hour and keep reading the same thing. Let's close with a few concrete examples. Quote, June 15th, 1941. My dear mama, at the end of the month of May, I was transferred to the camp of Auschwitz. Everything is well in my regard. Be tranquil about me and my health, because the good God is everywhere and provides for everything with love. Cordial greetings and kisses, affectionately, Raymond, close quote. Dear Mama, I'm in Auschwitz, but be tranquil about me and my health, because the good God is everywhere and provides for everything with love those who love God are always happy because their whole happiness is to fulfill, even in adversity, the will of God. This is the beautiful freedom of the sons of God and it's worth vastly more than all the kingdoms of the world. Raymond's name and religion was Maximilian, Father Maximilian Colby, One of the first Auschwitz prisoners, Father Conrad Sveta, says, quote, The work was done at a run with foremen stationed every several yards to beat any prisoner, especially priests, who slowed down. It was a real way of the cross. For Father Maximilian, it lasted two weeks. He was singled out to carry loads that were two or three times what non-priests carried. And carrying anything, especially at a run, was difficult over the uneven ground of the swamp. If he paused to rest, he was beaten with sticks. Fellow priests who saw him bleeding wanted help, but he told them, usually with a smile, don't expose yourself to a beating. The Immaculate is helping me. I'll get along. Close quote. He told them with a smile, the Immaculate is helping me. Those who love God are always happy because their whole happiness is to fulfill, even in adversity, the will of God. This is the beautiful freedom of the sons of God, and it's worth vastly more all the kingdoms of the world. Father Conrad stated, quote, Sometimes I was deeply depressed and complained that I could not go on. But what if God wants you to live and survive this camp? He asked. He held out Mary to me, saying, She is the consoler of the afflicted who listens to everyone, helps everyone who calls on her. I found a special comfort in his urging, Take Christ's hand in one of yours and Mary's in the other. Now, even if you are in darkness, you can go forward with the confidence of a child guided by his parents. Close quote. Take Christ's hands in one of yours and Mary's in the other. And even if you're in darkness, you can go on with the confidence of a child. A child guided by his parents. Those who love God are always happy. Because their whole happiness is to fulfill even in adversity, the will of God. This is the beautiful freedom of the sons of God, and it's worth vastly more than all the kingdoms of the world. Father Szygund Ruzsa. In a certain quote, in a certain sense, the concentration camp was beneficial to me. There was certainly nothing routine about my prayers. Intense, anguish, filled with the deepest faith, salted with tears. That's how I prayed at Auschwitz. When I came into contact with Father Colby, I was still approaching God rebelliously. Why? Why? How can you commit all this? At that time, Father Colby still bore bruises and signs of beating, but he never complained. It was he who helped me penetrate the meaning of suffering. Father Colby still bore bruises and signs of beating, but he never complained those who love God are always happy because their happiness is to fulfill even in adversity the will of God this is the beautiful freedom of the sons of God and it's worth vastly more than all the kingdoms of the world from a prisoner who knew St. Maximilian because he tried his vocation with his Franciscans years before quote I expressed my deep sorrow over his terrible beating he replied that he's glad to suffer that everything came from the Lord. All one could see in him was peace, humility, total submission to God's will, and a great compassion for fellow prisoners. While the rest of us impatiently looked for liberation, he said he wanted whatever God and the Immaculata wanted. That will be best. In the concentration camp, where we were crushed by inhuman sufferings and robbed of faith, he not only accepted everything as from God's hand but thanked him and loved him all the more. Close quote. He wanted whatever God and Immaculata wanted. That will be best. In the concentration camp, he not only accepted everything as from God's hands, but he thanked him and loved him all the more. It's the only way to be happy in this life is to want what we get, and that's the only way we're going to get what we want. If we want what we get, then we want what God wants to give us, what God wants us to have. What God wants us to have is the best thing for us. God wills only our good. God loves us more than anyone else can or does love us. His will is that no one should lose his soul, that everyone should save and sanctify his soul. Even chastisements come to us not to crush us, but to make us mend our ways and save our souls. If St. Maximilian Kolbe can be happy in Auschwitz, we can be happy here. If he can be happy in Auschwitz, we can be happy here. Let's take Christ's hand in one of ours, and the Blessed Virgin Mary's in another. And then even if we're in darkness, we can go forward with the confidence of a child God by his parents. Those who love God are always happy. Because their whole happiness is to fulfill, even in adversity, the will of God. That's the beautiful freedom of the sons of God. And it's worth vastly more than all the kingdoms of the world. For those that love God, all things work together unto the good. Those who love God are always happy. Let's start loving God, really loving him, right now.